rubbing elbows Getting closer to the stars Rubbing elbows You don't have to listen from afar Close as a whisper As clear as day Rubbing elbows Rubbing elbows Rubbing elbows As the music plays
said, we are all just prisoners here of our own device. And in the master's chambers, they're gathered for the feast. They stab it with their stealing eyes, but they just can't kill the beast. Are you ready to get some exclusive behind-the-scenes stories about some of music's biggest-named songwriters and artists? Well, we have good news for you. You are there. That's right. You are there. Rubbing Elbows is your VIP ticket to this experience. Our host, Don Ellis Gatlin, has rubbed elbows with some of the biggest-named artists on the planet. He knows things about these artists that they may not even know about themselves. Or remember, all you have to do is sit back, Relax and get ready to enjoy the conversation and music as you are our guest on the proverbial green room of podcasts, Rubbing Elbows. And now, Don, the show is yours. out there listen it's rubbing elbows with Don Gatlin um, Raymond and Mark um, we've had some amazing guests so far but uh, today is uh, absolutely one of my heroes Bill says is with us Bill thank you so much for being here no problem glad to be here and I want to start out with uh, um, something maybe a, a throw your curveball right off the bat maybe okay um, I'm I'm probably 15 years old <laughs> and we're we're playing we're playing in uh, in the Cleveland area, Cleveland, Ohio, and we're playing this uh, outdoor place, and um, we drive up to it, and the the headliner I've heard, maybe heard of once, and I've, I said we pulled into a Grateful Dead concert, or we pulled into a a um, uh, Jimmy Buffett concert because there's twenty thousand people here. Michael Stanley. And I go, 
Yes. And I'm like, <laughs> I go, I have never seen uh, to this day uh, a better you know, entertainer, uh, performer than uh, Michael Stanley and Michael Stanley Band. Right. And, and, I, and I know you have a connection there. And I was like, if you explain to people how sometimes you could be the Bruce Springsteen of an area, like be the this phenomena and deservedly so. And sometimes it doesn't branch out to the rest of the world as much, but that doesn't mean that artist is not as special as any artist you've ever seen. That's correct. Michael Stanley was, is, it was one of my very best friends. Um, we met in 1968 when I signed him to his first record contract at ABC. And over the years, I think we made something like 40 albums together because I did him him when he was a band called Silk, the first album. Then I signed him to my label in uh, Denver, Tumbleweed Records, and we did uh, two or three albums there. Then uh, Irving Irving Azoff got involved and we signed him to um, Epic and I did four or five albums there. Then I got real busy with, with my day job, The Eagles, and I had to leave, and then Michael Stanley went to famous producer school, where every album he had a new producer that was, you know, Mutt Lang, uh, me see Harry Maslin. There's, you know, you right. name about four or five pr- different producers. I remember that phase, and, yeah. and like uh, Hall and Oates were kind of going through that. People, a lot of people went through that, where they yeah. uh, let's get you know the the hot thing for the moment and see how that goes, and it's not always a perfect match. Yeah. Uh, you. you Y'all made the best records. You had a relationship. You were more than just producer, uh, artist. Y'all were friends. Oh, he was my best friend. Yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, he passed away a year, about a year and a half ago now. Right. Right. Yeah. But I just, I, I hope, uh, I just, I just, uh, people can. If there's a way to go back and check out his some of his his uh, uh, concerts and stuff like that, it's just like oh, yeah. this guy's one of the best uh, artists ever. I think ever out there and. Um, and like I said, didn't quite make the national thing, but that doesn't mean it's any less special, you know. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. And speaking of and speaking of special, I, I it, there's got to be a special story probably of how you end up um, working with the legendary Mr. BB King. <laughs> yeah, there's a story there. All right. Um, uh, when I was first hired at ABC, it was like 1968. And um, the first things they, I was a staff producer, so they would say, "Okay, we have these acts on the label. You, you have, we have to make an album with this band. We have to make an album with that artist." And I was assigned these things, but I looked through the uh, who was on, you know, who was on the roster, and BBK is on the roster. And I was, I've been a blues fan since I was a kid, so uh, I, I kept bugging them. I said, "I want to, I want to produce BBK. I want to produce BBK." They said, "No, you can't do that." And I said, "Well, why?" Well, you're white and you're too young. I said, well, I kept bugging them, kept bugging them. And finally, they said, uh, the head of the label, Larry, Larry Newton said, uh, all right, well, B's coming to town to do some gigs or something. And we'll set up a meeting with him. And if, and if he's okay with it, then we'll let you do it. So I met with B and I told him what I had. I had an idea about instead of cutting him with his road band, cutting him with studio musicians that I knew that would really kick him, you know, kick him in the butt. And, and, you know, get a little more energy around him. So he's, he agreed. He said, but he said, let's do it half and half. He said, I'll do half the album your way and, and, and we'll do half with my band and we'll do it live. And then we went down to the, I think the village Vanguard or something like that and recorded him there. And then I put my guys around him and recorded, you know, a little more energetic stuff. And he had his first record that hit the pop charts in, uh, uh, why I Sing the Blues. That was on a, an album called Live and Well. Live being nice. his band, Well being my my guys. Wow. And then and then the next next album, he said, I want to do it all your way. And I said, that's good. And then we did <laughs> it. And then thusly, uh, that, that was the album that had The Thrill Is Gone On.
So that was uh, it, it, it blew him up out of out of the chilling circuit and into the big rooms in Vegas, and it put my name on the charts too. So and that album the rest is, is history. <laughs> well, it is, and that album. Speaking of history, that I do believe that album is in the top 500 uh, albums of all time. Rolling Stone put out a uh, guys put out a you know greatest albums of all time, and that record is on there uh-huh. as the greatest well, album good. of all time. Yeah. That's one of your albums you've produced that are on there. You have a few on there. <laughs> well, that's, you, I mean, the, the thing that you did such, such a great job on, Bill, is that's, that's one of those songs that it doesn't matter what kind of genre of music you you enjoy, you the thrill is gone. You, I mean, you everyone everyone loves that song. Uh, yeah, I know. I mean, the, the whole spectrum. It was, the, I think the thing that did it was the strings. <laughs> it's a, mo- a monster record. Yeah. And uh, what a great singer he was. He he was well, he was a, not only a great player, but a really a real good singer and he could convey what what the blues was all about just by, yeah. you know, he could, he could read the phone book and you would it would be the blues. Believe it. <laughs> but sometimes guys that play a, like an instrument that good like they you overlook some of our great guitarists are some of the best singers of all time in my right. opinion. Yeah. You know. Mhm. Uh, the uh, we were talking uh, right before he came on um, about how like uh, I would consider myself kind of a nerd in the business. You know, like I never got into the wild and crazy, you know, showbiz life. You know, the of the drugs and all that stuff. Uh, but I, well, you I, missed it. <laughs> I, I that's what I'm saying. I, I, I missed it. Uh, but you like you've worked with um, like I've heard wild and crazy stories of people like the Jay Giles band uh-huh. and Jay Giles and. Um, is there any stories you can elaborate on, like working with someone like Jay Giles and I, I uh, describe, Peter Wolf? And- I, I describe working with the Jay Giles band as six comedians disguised as a rock band because they were the, yeah, yeah. some of the funniest guys I have ever worked with. And, and it, you know, it, everything was light. It was always fun. Very seldom was there any uh, near the end when they were breaking up, but I wasn't producing them then anymore. So that's when the, the little animosity got into it. But when I, all the records that I made with him, we were all on the upbeat. It was all, you know, big fun. And again, like uh, you're a producer that I uh, like BB King, like all the different style. You, you can work with any style. Um, where, where did that come from? Like your background? Was that like everything? The foundation was laid down where you just loved great music. Is that a big part of it? Where yep. you can work with any style of music? Pretty much. I mean, I'm, I'm, I, it, I, I, I would listen to everything when I was a kid. I mean, I remember my parents listening to, you know, uh, Al Jolson and Eddie Fisher and, and things like that. And then jazz records, you know, I was a huge jazz fan and got into the blues. I got into the blues almost by accident. I grew up in Muskegon, Michigan, which is a little town in the, on the shore of Lake Michigan. And the only radio we had was, you know, in the 50s was your basic, you know, Everly Brothers would be about as, as soulful as you're going to get. <laughs> <laughs> and and I made a, a crystal set radio and couldn't, you know, crystal set is it's tuned to one frequency and you can't change it. But and you hope that when you build it is a Heath kit deal and you hope when you build it that the uh, the, the frequency that it's that crystal is set to, you're going to find something. So I built right. it, tuned it in, you know, nothing. I got nothing in, in my thing. And then the little bipole antenna, which was just a bare wire hanging down from it, hit my bed springs, and all of a sudden it came to life. And it was WLAC in Nashville, Tennessee. Wow. And it was just wailing the blues. It was nonstop. And, and I went, what the hell is that? <laughs> and that then, is awesome. Yeah, they would, they would, uh, they were sponsored by Randy's Record Mart. In Gallatin, Tennessee, G A W L A T I N, Gallatin, Tennessee, and uh, I were I would order, you know, what they call the Midnight Blues Special. You get nine records for so and so, and and I was also the, the junior high DJ. So, needless to say, I had the stuff. That's awesome, <laughs> like Raymond. You said, uh, Bill, you have a great radio voice. He Thank does you. have a great. Yeah, <laughs> I, I just I just wanted to say that I'm going to, Bill. I know you're a great producer, but you just gave me an idea that I'm, I'm going to steal for a music video. Okay. That deal with, with the radio, with the radio and the antenna hitting the bed. That is a great concept for the start of a mu- for the start of a music video. Right. Are you yeah. kidding? Yeah. That's yeah, true. Yeah. Yeah. Give me that credit. Is, 
I will. Oh yeah, yeah. Give me, absolutely. You know what? I came up with this idea at all. It wasn't had, had nothing to do with my conversation. None, no. Zero. Yeah. yeah. I'll bust you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. Trust. Well, Bill, like Michael Stanley, uh, there's another guy you I think you have a very special relationship with, who's one of the most talented uh, writers, guitarists, and singers I think of all time is Mr. Joe Walsh. Yep. And uh, I, I think you, you go back with him pretty much to the beginning, don't you? Oh, yeah. I signed him when he was in the James Gang. I signed him to their first record contract, also at ABC. Mm-hmm. Basically, around the same time as I found Michael Stanley, I found the James Gang. And, uh, and it oh, was, I love uh, their music. That, that's a pretty good, uh, t- you know, two signings for the first two signings <laughs> I ever had as a, as a staff producer. actually writing songs and, and he was you know at the he was pigeonholed as a, as a you know hard rock guitarist in the James gang and he really was more of a fan of the like the BGs not the BGs the uh, the Beach Boys and uh, and um, the Beatles and he wanted to make records like that and you can't do that in the in the context of a, of a power trio and so right. you know he got as time went on well it's almost like I've done as much as I can in this particular, you know, situation.
Like this is the greatest thing ever, and uh, it was. It, I remember being in my backyard, and uh, one of the songs would come on. It's just like we used to stop everything we were doing back in the day. You know, the music was so good. You know, Raymond. The music was. You know, what I'm talking about back then. It's like oh, we, yeah. had, we had the radio stations. You'd hear a new song. Here's the new song from the from the uh, the Eagles, and you'd try to find it immediately on the next station. Oh you know, yeah. Turn it, and you know the the great. That was such a great time, and I always wondered. Again, I, I never dreamed I'd end up, you know, getting to meet you, Bill. But, uh, I always wondered how did the Joe Walsh Eagle thing come together? And I'm thinking you had a big part of that. I'm, I'm, I'm guessing you're wrong. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Actually, when, they, when I first heard about it, I said, oh, I don't think that's a good idea. Wow. And I, for, to, to, the reason being, uh, Joe was on a, was on a roll as far as his solo act. And I, and I didn't think that, that I, I really wanted to, I wanted to have two bands, you know, the Joe Osman and the Eagles. And, and when they decided that Joe was it, I said, okay, well, if that's going to be, but my initial reaction was not, was not to do it. And wow, I, was wrong. I, know that. <laughs> I was totally wrong. Did he do some, did he do some opening for, for them? Like oh. as they, they sort of hanging together and that kind of, I just I'm very interested how that came together. You know? Well, they were they were managed by the you know the, initially by uh, Geffen and Roberts. Uh, the Eagles were, and and Irving Azoff worked for Geffen and Roberts initially. So Joe uh, uh, Joe was managed by Irving, and Irving joined up uh, with uh, Geffen and Roberts. So they were all in the same you know same hanging out in the same offices, and that was early on. That was when we were doing like. Uh, the smoker you drink, the player you get. And then, um, as time went on, I mean, we, everybody knew each other. They would sing on each other's records and, you know, stuff like that. So it was only, an, um, you know, natural that, well, when, uh, when Bernie quit, it was time to, uh, you know, and also we all, we meaning me and the Eagles were, were trying to get more rock and less country as time went on. And of course, adding Joe sure helped that. <laughs> Absolutely. They, it's like, it seemed like, uh, like everyone, it was that, you know, mid seventies, everyone bought the Eagles greatest hits. So like, like it was that time period where like Frampton comes alive. Everybody got that record. Eagles greatest hits, the rumors, you know, right. it seemed like it was a right. time period where ever, and I remember that going while the Eagles are, are, are becoming the biggest fan in the world. Uh-huh. And then it was leading up to, you know, Joe Walsh joins in and here comes Hotel California. Like, and like, oh my gosh, like this is like, <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like, it, I mean, I've been doing music my whole life and that was like life changing for me. Like, it was like, me too. Record, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, can you give us some insight how that whole, you know, you came to that moment where Hotel California was born? Well, when, when I, I didn't do the first two albums, that was done with Glenn Johns in London and who was one of my idols, as a matter of fact. And even before what Joe is the one that introduced me to the Eagles, Joe Walsh, he said, you got to produce these guys. And this was after I'd heard peaceful, easy feeling and already not already got peaceful, easy feeling. And, you know, the, the first two albums right? and uh, take it easy. And it was all a lot of easy, easy stuff. And I said, well, I don't want to do a country band. I want to do rock bands. And he goes, no, they want to rock. They really do. So, and so Joe set up in a, a meeting between the Eagles and myself. And within two weeks, I was producing On the Border. And that was a little bit more rocky. The very, very first song I ever did with the Eagles was already gone. And that was like, okay, let's strap them up and, uh, you know, play some rock. Well, I heard some people talking just the other day.
album. My uh, one of my best friends and co-writers, Billy Montana, who's uh, we always uh, we came to Nashville about the same time, and we were like. Well, I want to be uh, Don Henley. He said, "Well, I want to be Clint Fry." Like we're so well, we're go. so influenced we're so influenced by them, and and like I, I don't know if those guys know, and Bill, you know how much uh, that uh, you and the Eagles like have influenced so many singer songwriters in this town, Nashville, Tennessee. It's it's unbelievable. Like I, I've I've got a lot of cuts that I I feel like I should give you guys, you know, at least ten percent. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah, I. <laughs> I just wanted to say I want I want to chime in that as well because I've been I've been a musician my whole life as well and now I'm a keyboard player songwriter and um although some of the bands that have influenced me more are like Chicago Toto and Pink Floyd those are like my top three mm-hmm. um always been a big Eagles fan but when I heard the song The Last Resort um that actually affected me as an artist because. I love because I always was trying to sing with the vibrato and all this kind of stuff, like a lot of singers says. And Don Hen, the way that Don Henley approached that song, actually affected me as an artist and how I approach songs. Well, good, good. She came from Providence, one in Rhode Island, where the old world shadows hang heavy in the air. She packed her hopes and dreams like a refugee Just as her father came across the sea She heard about a place people were smiling Spoke about the red man's ways and how they loved they came from everywhere to the great divine, seeking a place to stand or a place to hide. Down in the crowded bars, up for a good time. Can't wait to tell you all what it's like up there. Somebody laid the mountains low While the town got Yeah, that Absolutely. is that's an that's an epic. <laughs> that, is, that is that is an epic song. It is indeed. epic song. That was my wife's favorite song is "Wasted Time." That's <laughs> a lot nice. of girls, same thing. Yeah, yeah. That's her. she absolutely loves that song so yeah. much. Well, like I said, I, I would did on the border, and then and then Felder joined the band at the very end of On the Border, and hmm. so and then so he he played on about two or three cuts on On the Border. And, and it was just right near the very end of the album where they brought they brought him in to toughen up a couple of tunes, and then he was there from the jump on uh, on uh, one of these nights. And one of these nights was a major step forward as far as going, you know, getting rid of the country and starting the rock.
that was a huge success. That was their biggest album ever up to that point. <clears throat> and uh, and they said, well, okay, when we went into New Hotel California, there's a bit of pressure there. And we spent like nine months on that bad boy. And it's, a perfect, so, it's a perfect album, in my opinion. Perfect yeah, album. Yeah, well, good. Just, Thank you. <laughs> it is. Appreciate the, it. Um, how do you, now, when you got those kind of personalities and really a miracle of talent all together in one room, I mean, just like some of those talented guys ever, in my opinion, all in the same band, uh, that Villa is, is, is being the, um, Ring, like remaster, kind of keeping them everything yeah. together is more is as important as anything. You Pretty know, much. keeping <laughs> keep the train like, on the tracks. <laughs> wow, it's like it, uh, I would love to hear like like in the studio, like with those guys. It was like, uh, is there any certain uh, tactics you would have to do sometime to kind of home them in? You know, to I relied on humor. <laughs> <laughs> that's a, that's that, that was my best weapon. Um, and keeping it light and, and the other, and the other thing is let everybody try everything and, you know, but then tell them when it's not working, it's not working. And, and, you know, to just to be the, 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 the last line of defense, if you will. Nice. And, and it's, it's just, you know, it, I've often said that 50% of producing is being a psychiatrist. And that's, yeah. that's what it is, you know. Figuring out how to deal with these folks. <laughs> uh, exactly. Well, well, I think Clive. I think Clive Davis said or something in his book one time. It's like, it's like if you get if you get two albums out of a band, you're, you're lucky. You're, you get two records out of them because there's so many egos involved. And but, but you're talking about a, a, a absolutely elite, talented group of of, of uh, musicians and then producer. You know, like yourself, all in one room. Did you guys know you were making like? One of the most famous records in the history of music. Not did well. You, did I you know. feel it? Did you feel it? We we knew we were holding on to something, but you know, and we knew it was we knew it was special. We knew it was uh, unique, and but we had no idea that it was going to have the legs that it has. Oh. Who knew? I mean, you can't you can't predict that stuff. And, and do you? Uh, it's really cool. There's a whole new generation of fans. Especially with the really rise in popularity of vinyl, I just love that a young generation is going out there, and, and that's a regular album that uh, you know my son's age uh, mm-hmm. has, to, has to have in their collection. You know, they good. have to have the hotel. You know, it's, it's I like it too. Wonderful. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'm very happy about that. <laughs> well, I, yeah, goes. Oh, I just wanted to interject something. You know, Bill. Bill had a really good statement, um, and it's so it's such a breath of fresh air. Bill, you were for everything you've accomplished. You were so humble. And, and so sweet to be on here and telling us about all this. Your, whatever it was that you did, you know, being the ringleader, the psychiatrist, whatever, uh, you had, you touched the future because, uh, my wife and myself and a lot of other friends, we were part of a, a program called the Live It Out Loud program where these, with these young kids come up, we teach them how to, to be in rock bands. Uh-huh. A third of these kids choose Eagle songs, <laughs> if not more. <laughs> And I mean, there's bands out there, there's bands out there like Muse and My Chemical Romance and, right. you know, and all these right. bands. And I kid, I kid you not, they are choosing at least half choose classic rock, classic songs. But, um, this last year, uh, the two years ago alone, two of the bands did Hotel California, but <laughs> they, they are doing, I mean, that's how timeless of, you know, something you did touch the future. Well, that's, that's, I mean, that, that's cool. Yeah. It's amazing. Very, I just want—I want to share it. I appreciate that. I'm very happy to yeah. to have uh, to have obliged, <laughs> if you will. <laughs> yeah. You never know, right? But uh, what a cool it. thing! You, of yeah. course, you never know. I mean, you you do your best, and you put it out, and you hope for the best, and, and you know, let the chips fall where they may. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's great that you know you uh, wind up in the Library of Congress. It's wonderful. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> Well, there's another album I'm absolutely crazy about. Um, if I'm honest, I, I love it as much as Hotel California. I love the long run. I am a huge mammoth fan of the long run album. I ha- I bought it the day it came out. I went to our uh, national record mart. I'm dating myself again. Uh-huh. I went to the <laughs> national record mart in, in uh, Beaver County where I was living in Pennsylvania. 
uh, and um, near, it's outside of Pittsburgh, for anybody listening out there. And uh, the, the minute the record hit the store, I had to have it. Took it home. I knew every song before the end of the day. When it, when it got dark out, I already had the whole album you know, memorized. And uh, I love every moment of that record also. You, you memorized the Greeks don't want no freaks? Because the Greeks don't want no freaks. Because the Greeks... I'll forget the lyrics. I'm getting older now, Bill. Uh, you rose in cheeks because the Greeks still. I love that song. Yeah. Wow. That album is amazing. There was beer all over the dance floor. And the band was playing rhythm and blues. You got down and did the gator. Half an hour later, you were bopping all over your girlfriend's shoes. But the Greeks don't want no freaks. We took some grief for that. I mean, for that one in particular, because it was like, "Were you being silly here? Are you putting us on?" You know, and it was, it was just, uh, it was fun. It was all about frat boys. <laughs> it's I, I absolutely. There's so many great moments, and there's a great moment uh, again. One of my wife's favorite songs. Again, I can't tell you why uh-huh. is on that album, and it, Timothy yeah. Smith got to got to shine on 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 yeah, that. He one. did. Yeah, that was if you know that was his coming out party as an eagle. Say a real good friend. Um, uh, he told me, he, <laughs> "What's that?" Now an eagle, and now an eagle. Yes, <laughs> uh, I remember. He actually was. Um, uh, we were playing in a golf tournament together, and, he, and he's like, he just like he goes. Uh, he calls me Donnie. He goes, Donnie. Um, uh, I think I'm gonna be uh, playing with the Eagles here next summer. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, yeah I'm really excited. I, they, it's uh, they got me doing for like four songs. And I think he's up to like eight songs now. I think they've doubled his workload. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> but, but he was, um, he was telling me about guitar. He, he loved, uh, Glenn Fry's guitar playing. You know, that, and um, that Glenn is a, was a way underrated guitar player. Yes. I agree. And that's what I was going to bring. I was like, um, who decided, uh, who's taking the, the solos on these? There's so many legendary guitar solos in the Eagles. Songs like who decides who's going to get it? Well, some, some of it is dependent dependent upon who wrote the song. I mean, if if, okay. if Glenn wrote it and and he wants the solo, well, it, well then he he can take it. Um, obviously, uh, Henley does not play guitar. I mean, lead guitar. So it, it would be you know it would be either Joe or Felder. It would it, it would depend the, between Felder and, and Walsh. Felder was was more of a technician. And Walsh mm-hmm. was more of a feel, you know, r- running by feel. And so if, if the, if the song required precise, you know, solo of some kind, say, say one of these nights, for instance, and he, and he would play that. And, 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 you know, if it was a little more free form, Walsh would play that. Oh, just... And then and I'll tell you one of my very favorite 
favorite moments, which is exactly over over two days, sitting in Criteria Studio C at the control board, much like I am now, with Joe Walsh on one side, Don Felder on the other side, doing all the guitars on Hotel California. <laughs> that was phenomenal. Just the three of us in the room, we threw everybody else out and wailed for th- for two days. It's a, it's such an amazing, one of the greatest guitar parts I think in history of, of rock. And, I agree. And, the, and the, it's like to this day, the minute that song kicks off, I don't care if it's a cover band doing it or if it's the Eagles themselves doing it, the, the crowd erupts from right. the, do, 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 do. immediately. It's one of those things. It's like stadiums to a little, a little bar in a, a little country town. Mm-hmm. It has that same effect. It's that big a big a moment. Yeah, and, and yep. music. Well, even all, all the way through that, when we were doing it, especially when we got to the end, we really wanted. I mean, there was a lot of you know. Okay, Joe said, if I do this, and then you can do a harmony part with that, and then you can answer this, and I can answer that, and back and forth, and tons of trial and error. You know, uh, just you know, well, let's do this. Well, that didn't work. Let's try that. Well, that didn't work until finally the end. It was like we wanted to make it as symphonic as we possibly could with two guitars. It's called the long run. It's like, hey, we had a long run. It's maybe coming to an end. Did you know when, you, when y'all were putting together the live album, which is a wonderful, absolutely wonderful live album? Again, I bought that one since the day it came out. Uh, did you guys know that this thing might be coming to an end for a while? Uh, yeah, near the end of the live album, I knew damn well it was coming to an end. <laughs> the last, the last gig that I recorded, I recorded four nights in Santa Monica at the Santa Monica Civic Center. And we were doing a benefit for Alan Cranston at the Long Beach Arena the the next night. So I said, well, hell, we got the truck. Let's just take it down there and we'll catch one more show. And, you know, we can use bits and pieces. And Glenn and Felder got into an argument before that, you know, it's been it's been it's been uh, documented in the uh, history of the Eagles. At any rate, when they went on stage, they hated each other. <laughs> and when they got off, uh, even on stage as I'm recording, I'm hearing, I'm going to kick your ass when we get off the stage. Well, fuck you. You know, that kind of stuff. And oh Felder smashes a guitar, uh, an acoustic guitar on the way out. And I, and I, I just told the guys in the truck, well, you can start wrapping this up. We ain't getting nothing tonight. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Now could Glenn, could Glenn, could have he, he kicked Don's ass? It would be close. <laughs> <laughs> that would be close. <laughs> oh my oh. God. <laughs> That's um, incredible. Yeah. That's incredible. I wouldn't, I wouldn't put money on either one of them, quite frankly. <laughs> who, uh, who, who's the, who's the, uh, uh, who would be the probably win the fight, Joe? Joe, take them all out. Uh, probably, yeah. He hit him with a guitar. <laughs> hit him with a last ball, and it's all over. That's awesome. There's there's a clip of a uh, um, the Rolling Stones of their uh, '81 concert film. Some fan jumps up on the stage, and he without yeah, right. missing a beat grabs his guitar and hits him right in the head. Wham! 
one more gone. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Well, I, another uh, absolutely amazing album in my life when I when I bought it. I, I was already a fan, but this became my favorite album of a guy named Bob Seger, the uh-huh. album Against the Wind. Right. And I remember as soon as I, I heard it, they, they said, well, On Fire Lake, which is one of my favorite tracks, uh, that the Eagles were singing on this, and again, right. never thinking I'd ever get to to meet you, Bill. I'm like, like on. I think Bill might have had a little bit to do with this, maybe a little, a little bit, <laughs> <laughs> a little bit there. Oh yeah, that was that, we did that at uh, Bayshore, my studio in Miami. That was cool. Now, were the Eagles already on the uh, when they did Fire Lake? Were they already knowing they're not going to be doing anything together anymore for a while? No, 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 no. That was that was quite a bit before the end. I would say it was a couple of years. I mean, I mean, that was probably after the long run and before the live album. Okay. Uh, in that period, that time period, and and um, every, you know, they were everybody was still getting along. They were on the road, as a matter of fact. Did the Hardy Tonight collaboration uh, uh, with Bob Seger that happen because of you and like you you started working with Bob and you like you guys were all around each other? No, no, no. Um, Glenn, Glenn Fry was in Bob Seger's band in Detroit when he was a kid. They, right. they kind of grew up together. So we, they've known each other forever. So it was actually Glenn introduced me to Bob and said, you know, you ought to look at him. You know, once much like Joe introduced me to the Eagles, it was, you know, pass it on. <laughs> Any little story about the Against the Wind project? I mean, it's, I mean, Bob's such an amazing, great rock and roll Hall of Fame artist. Also, that you've worked with, anything there that when you work on that record uh, just comes he, to mind? He's just the easiest human being to work with. The nicest guy. I mean, I'm, you know, it, it was a piece of cake to be honest with you. And especially coming after uh, the long run, it was like, oh, this is this is much easier here. You only got to deal with one ego. <laughs> Yeah. Exactly, yeah. such a great artist, and you've worked with other ones. I want to mention too, like anything comes to mind, like with the Outlaws. Uh, anything pops in your mind about those guys? No, no, not really. That was that was quite a while ago. I mean, and I, and I only really did one album with them, and then I think we mixed a live album. And and uh, I just, as a matter of fact, funny, I had a call from Henry Paul the other day. And, That's what I was going to mention. Henry's my friend. I was wondering yeah, if you worked with yeah. Henry. Yeah, he uh, he he reached out. I haven't talked to him in God like five years, and he just reached out. We were just you know shooting the bull. <laughs> yeah, he had a, a very successful uh, second run. He did in Black Nashville Hawk. with Blackhawk. Yeah, yep, yep, absolutely. Indeed. There's some good stuff there. I enjoyed it. Yeah. Hey, I I a, uh, oh, I was just had a real quick, quick question as I'm listening to this, Bill. You know, as artists, we have art, other artists that inspire us. Was there? Was there a producer that either that inspired you back in the day, or maybe that you're a producer that you're a fan of right now? That I had a definite idea of what I wanted to do when I first started. When I, I was given the title producer, I wanted the R and B funk of Tom Dowd's work, and I wanted oh, yeah. the, and I wanted the English bombast of Glenn John's work. I wanted to combine those two sounds that I totally loved. I've been an R&B freak all my life. And when then, you know, when the, when the English invasion happened and, and stuff like Glenn John's work with the who, it was like, Oh, that's what I need to do. I got to get the bottom of, of the New York R&B bottom with the English bombast and I'm, and I'm cooking. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> that's, you, a, that's a high bar. Yeah. Well, did you get to, did you get to work with the, the, did you do something with the who also? Yeah, I did one album with them. Uh, the first album after uh, Keith Moon had died called Face Dances. It had, oh, yeah. it had You Better You Bet on it. Oh, my gosh. You better, you better. What a great record. Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, that, that was a great that was, record. Yeah, I've known Pete for a long time. Well, Joe Walsh introduced me to Pete Townsend. So. <laughs> you see how this business works? <laughs> it's all connected. It's all yep, connected. Yep. Exactly. Well, I, I, I would, uh, um, you know, I used to fantasize about uh, getting to work with someone like yourself in the studio. And I, I did, it, I never had that chance, but, uh, to just to be around and hear these stories and how, how, you know, it's, uh, it comes to life. It's real. You know, you're, you're just a great music person, Bill. And, and, um, 
We really appreciate you. Oh, sure. Yeah. That's true. It's well, true. I've been a big fan for a long time. If I, can if I could jump in that, too, because I've been, I've been a bit of a fan my whole life as well. When Don told me we were going to have you on, I thought, oh, my gosh, this is great. And you never know, right, because in this industry. But what my, one of my biggest takeaways is just a reminder. It's just like, just don't be a dick. Be a good person because really... the, fact, the fact that these people, that has got to be one of the biggest compliments you can take to heart is, Recording, you know, these greats and going down in history and, you know, touching the future, all that's great. But the fact that these people all felt good enough about you to introduce you to their friends and their peers. Right. Good point. What, yep. what, a, comp, what a compliment. That, yeah. Man, that's just, yeah. yeah. I, I, it's never quite been put that way. But I mean, and I just, just in this half hour conversation, stringing the who did, who got introduced who to who, it's like, wait, that's right. That's true. It's like, uh, uh, that that was my uh, my ladder, if you will. Yeah, you should feel real. You should really feel good about that. If you're having a bad day, just remember the day. They weren't all bad days. <laughs> oh no, oh no. I thank God every night for this life. <laughs> Trust me. Get, get on that bike and do another five miles. All right. <laughs> no, I got to well, go stump. <laughs> well, Bill, it all goes full circle, man. Like that, it was such a great moment in my life when uh, you were in the audience with your beautiful wife, and and uh, we actually had the uh, balls enough to play an Eagles song in front of you. I, I, I said, "I'm losing my mind here. This is this is this is <laughs> incredible." But uh, uh, you were uh, it, it made me feel very special that you guys came back and, and came to our next couple shows like you. Oh yeah. I said, "Well, I, I, I think." I think I think they actually like us okay because because you came back and saw us again and, and well not only that then, then Lisa and I bought you dinner <laughs> I know day. it <laughs> I know it you're wonderful you're awesome like like, like Raymond said you're you're an awesome guy your wife's incredible and uh, yeah, I, yeah. I treasure our, our our newly developed friendship we've had over the last couple of years uh, very very much me too this is this is this is people I, I you know. I'm, I'm, I'm still going to Germian. I mean, that's still still happen, but I'm really, I'm really proud, uh, really proud that we're that, that I know you and, and you're an awesome guy. I appreciate yes. you being on on rubbing elbows with us. Feeling is mutual. <laughs> Thank you, sir. All right. Thank Take you. care. All right. Thanks, Bill.
I am Brittany from Limberlost, and you're listening to Seattle Radio. Radio.